Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Ben, pay attention. We got a show to do. What? I was looking out the window. I know. You're always looking out that window. What's going on out the window? Give us a window update. All right, hold on. Whoa! There's a party in the porta party. Oh, a porta party. Oh, man. Is that Pay- Pat Whalen down there? Is it? Wait, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, who? <laughs> Sorry. Inside joke. <laughs> well, not to those who downloaded our interview with Pat Whalen. There's plenty of other uh, episodes to check out. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. And we are on the Reader YouTube page today. Uh, shout out to the live streamers who found us. All right. Ben, take a guess as to which live streamers are uh, joining us today. Uh, who figured it out? Well, yeah. just off the top, Brianna. Yep. Frank. Yep. Uh, and uh, Jay Marie, has she found her way there yet? No Jay Marie yet. No Jay Marie yet. We're waiting for Jay Marie. Still no Jay Radio Marie. Doogie. Ah. Still still no Dog Doggerson. Where are you at, Dog? <laughs> dog <laughs> Could dog. be a while. You know, change is hard, D. <laughs> change is, like, adjustments are tough to make, and, you know, I know better than most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be a slow go here, but we're, uh, we'll be there. We'll get there with the live streamers. Uh, Jim, Frank, and Brianna, you're on the live stream chat thank you guys so much you found us uh, i posted it on facebook so uh, maybe i'll get it on twitter tomorrow i don't know okay your ben Jarofsky show for tuesday december 1st happy december ben happy december ching, 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 ching. another month in the pandemic another month your, your ben Jarofsky <laughs> show how i think of it for tuesday december 1st now a chicago reader exclusive is brought to you by yeah the chicago reader check out the chicagoreader.com and subscribe to the reader to find out the latest in all things going on in chicago all right and a great way to help out this program is to subscribe to the chicago reader and if you got some free time maybe write him a letter you know oh that ben Jarofsky show it's amazing all right. <laughs> Plug my laptop in here. Okay, we're good to go there. All right. So, and also, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our dear friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Oh, Ben, I do not want to hear you sing this song, but you're going <laughs> to. Comes from Frank. Uh, let's hear you butcher Jolene by Dolly Parton. Jolene. 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 <laughs> hey, I heard. I was just listening to Jolene about. I think it was on Thanksgiving. I was listening to Dolly Parton. Uh, was that good, D? It was awful. Hey, same <laughs> new YouTube channel, same show. All right. Oh, that's a noise. Hey, Kyle found us on the live stream chat, and the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. 
It is Tuesday, December 1st, and live from my apartment in his attic. Get used to it. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, a city council synopsis with our dear friend, David Glowatz. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here, columnist Buyer Beware Tuesday, and here's why. Well, it's been a long, 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 long time since we've been here, here D. Been a long, 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 I just like saying long, 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 long time indeed. You have a good Thanksgiving holiday, young man? Yeah, it was great. Excellent Thanksgiving. It's good. Yeah. I had tiramisu. Uh, What'd you have? Tiramisu. Yeah. What what is that? It's like a cake. With like tastes oh, like coffee okay. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Tiramisu, Ooh. yeah. Man. I heard a boy named Sue. Oh, really? Anyway, I uh, ate a lot. I walked. I sat around the fire pitch, and I watched uh, Happiest Seasons, a Christian Stewart movie, which I loved uh, way too much. A little embarrassed about how much I loved. Did you hear about this one, D? No. It's the uh, the lesbian couple, and uh, Kristen Stewart's going to Mackenzie Davis's house for Christmas, and she's going to propose to her, meet the family, and all of a sudden it turns out that uh, Mackenzie Davis hasn't told her parents that she's a lesbian. And so she just says, oh, this is my friend. <laughs> and they shove her in the base. Well, I don't want to give too much of the movie away. So I loved it way, way too much, I want to say. Anyway, all the while, all the while I was sitting around eating and looking at the fire in the fire pit and watching movies on TV, I was watching the updates on the political world outside my little holiday bubble. Saw this one article, uh, Senator... Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, pleading for compromise, said he'd been burnt out and disgusted with politics during the Trump era. But since the election of Joe Biden, he uh, is just bounding out of bed with confidence every day. Here's his quote. Quote, I think we have a golden opportunity to bring the country back together and for us to work in the middle. End of quote. Okay, if you you, say so, Joe. You like that. You like that. (laughs) Yeah, I like the idea of all working together. I'm an all working together kind of guy. And then I read this article. Uh, Comes out of Georgia. Republicans are up in arms. No, they're not up in arms at the Democrats. They're up in arms at other Republicans for not fighting as hard as Donald Trump wants them against Joe Biden. Yeah, the election's over, but it's not still over. Trump wants Governor Brian Kemp in Georgia to issue an executive order overturning the election results in Georgia. Problem is, uh, Governor Kemp does not have the authority to do that. Uh, So now the Republicans in the state are mad at him because he's not willing to break the law to please the president. To quote Newt Gingrich, who's Trump's man in Georgia, quote, I've had very close friends uh, and they say we have a Republican governor and a Republican secretary of state and they're both useless. (laughs) So Republicans are really mad at Brian Kemp, who's the biggest MAGA hat wearer, by the way. Isn't that funny how they just flipped? This guy did everything he could to essentially keep Democratic voters uh, from voting. Everything he could to keep black people, basically, let's be honest, from voting. Now they're mad at him because he doesn't break the law to overturn an election that Joe Biden legally won. Uh, Here's another uh, quote from a Trump supporter in Georgia. Quote, the Democrats have cheated. They have dead people voting. They manufactured votes. 
end of quote. Hey, Joe Manchin, good luck with this Republican Party. Meanwhile, a story breaking out of North Carolina, fascinating legal challenge. This is one for our ace attorney, Jim Coogan, uh, to weigh in on. Maybe I'll uh, bring him on to talk about this. Uh, well, the next time he comes on, maybe we'll talk about this. Can you claim... <laughs> Oh yeah, the breaking news. Good, I like that. He hasn't lost a he hasn't lost a step over the holiday weekend. <clears throat> Here we go. Can you claim you were frauded when you are dealing with a man you know is a fraud? That is an excellent legal question. Here are the details. Frederick Eshelman, a hugely successful investor out of uh, North Carolina, made a small fortune in pharmaceuticals. Loves Donald Trump. He's MAGA to the core. Like the fella in Georgia, he apparently thought the election was stolen and that Donald Trump should get to serve another four years in the White House. Unlike the fella that the New York uh, Times quoted in Georgia, he did more than gripe about it to the New York Times. Oh, no. Eshelman dug deep into his pockets and extracted $2.5 million, that's million with an M, and donated it to a Houston, Texas-based outlet, Houston, Texas-based outlet called True the Vote. True the Vote is dedicated to challenging election results in seven battleground states. To fund these lawsuits, it said it needed to raise over $7 million. So Eshelman said, hmm, sounds good to me. Here, take $2.5 million. I just happen to have it laying around. Found some of the change under the sofa just last night. Now it turns out that True the Vote has dropped most of those lawsuits. I'm not sure if any are pending at all. And Esterman wants his money back, says he was duped, says he's repeatedly called True the Vote and has had the following exchanges. This is Esterman. Hello, is this True the Vote? Uh, no, no, this is Frank's Pizza. You want to place an order? No, 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 this sounds like True the Vote to me. <laughs> no, no, I swear. Hold on, no, the phone's dropping. I can't hear a thing. Bzzz. Hey, hey, True the Vote. None of that conversation took place. But I just imagine it would have taken place. It's sort of what happened. Kept calling true the vote. And they were going, oh, sorry, Eshelman. Uh, uh. Anyway, so he's filed a lawsuit Eshelman has. He wants his money back. <laughs> Good luck with that lawsuit, Eshelman. Now, look, I'm no lawyer. But I'm, i got to say, I'm kind of with true the vote on this one, D. I'll tell you why. I mean, have you ever heard of caveat emptor? That's the Latin phrase for buyer beware. I mean, Eshelman, hello. Have you been paying attention time after time? Business deals involving Donald John Trump and in lawsuits and recrimination. People going bankrupt. People yelling fraud. People yelling, get me my lawyer. Donald Trump is a con man. He's a gifted con man. He may be the greatest con man I've ever seen, and that includes Bernie Madoff. He knows what people want, and he gives it to them. In this case, he knows that people like Eshelman want to hear him say that they're up against a vast conspiracy of communists and radical thugs who operate out of black-run cities, and they cheat. And if you send yours, if you send us your money right now, we'll root out those thugs and cheats. Got operators online, send that money. I don't know, man. I remember all those people who bought Donald Trump ties because they thought that would be helping businesses in the USA. And then they looked at the back of the tie and it said made in China. What do you think? 
What were you expecting? The dude's a con man. Frederick, I got bad news for you. You live with a con man, you die with the con man. Case closed. Rumph. We got a great show today, everybody. Yep. Dave Glowatz. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> He's no con man, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. He's our ace. City Hall reporter from Inside Government. He's got a whole bunch of clips from last week's city council meeting. This is a very, this will be a very Chicago-oriented show for all you Chicago junkies out there, Chicago government junkies. I know there's a lot of you. A lot of you people, Chicagoans have moved to Los Angeles and New York. You want to know what's going on in your hometown? We got all that for you. Now uh, we, Dave's got. We typically do that as a, as a downloadable feature on the program. Uh, for those on the live stream chat, boy, you're in for a treat. This has slowly become one of my favorite segments here, our city council synopsis with one David Glow at. Uh, tons of audio. Oh, man, these two, they just go in the weeds. <laughs> they nerd out. It's good times. So, hey, like, I'm glad uh, the live streamers are getting to check this out. For those who may not download, which you should, by the way, chicagoreader.com uh, forward slash Dorofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. But, yeah, I'm glad we're doing this today. So, Mr. Mister Bike, Mr. Bike, hopefully he'll have his belt. Well, I, uh, yes, hopefully. Oh, my God, I didn't tell him. Bring the belt. Uh, I, um, I gave him the opportunity. Do you want to go with the live stream? Or do you want to do it as a weekend bonus? He goes, no live stream. I said, let's rock. Let's roll. He's got, and by the way, this is total improv. Uh-oh. I've not heard any of the clips that he has. The, I have no idea where he's going with this. He leads, I follow. It's like a dance. Da-da-da-da. Dancing with Mr. Bike. Da-da-da. Spin move wee. Spin move wee. Uh, <laughs> Now, and one thing, too, that Ben does on the program is he does his uh, impression of Mr. Bike or David Glowatz. Uh, he doesn't really talk about bikes that much anymore. And I, I like what he's doing now with the city council thing. So I'm trying to step away from calling him Mr. Bike. Uh, our city council beat reporter, David Glowatz. Uh, ben, he'll always do an impression of, uh, of David that uh, throwing to me on audio. Ben, could you? Uh... Yes, he's really good. He goes, and it, you know, it kind of makes me look bad. Cause in oh, big time. oh, big time. <laughs> big time. Because Gloats is so organized and detailed. And he sends the clips and they have little names on them. Uh, like Frank, I sent the clip to Dennis today. There's no name on it from Blago. And who knows if I'll, it's like, Uncle D. I'm, like, yeah, man, I'm setting up the reader. Thing. I'm setting up the reader YouTube channel. Like, all right, we're going live for the first time like three minutes ago. Yo, D, man, I got that thing. Play that thing. Huh? What? Okay, yeah, that thing. Yeah, okay, great, great. Yeah, the Frank thing for Blago. Anyway. Let's hear uh, your David Glowatz. Let's hear your David Glowatz, though. Uh, Dennis, uh, play the Louis Lightfoot uh, bit. Because he has a headline. So it's like, Dennis just knows. Oh, play Lori Lightfoot. Oh, play, you know, uh, play Carlos Ramirez Rosa. They're all organized. It's like, you know, I'm kind of like jealous of him a little bit. It's like, oh, there's goody, goody. And Dennis is like the teacher goes, good job, David. I like you. Oh, Golden star. Your prize Which is in the all mail. of our students could handle this assignments like you do. And I'm like, oh, God, there I am again. So anyway, anyway Glowatz is great. He's got, um, I don't know how many. He said he has so many, he doesn't even know if we'll get to them all. I oh. said, well, maybe we could do a, a special bonus segment on them. They're, they're really good stuff. And uh, we've been um, talking Chicago politics together, Dave Glowitz and I, myself, since about 2007. 
So uh, some things never get old. So Dave Claude's a beer. He's not a con man. He's a great uh, Chicago journalist. And we'll be breaking down the budget debate that took place last Tuesday when the city council voted 29 to 21 to adopt Mayor Lori Lightfoot's budget, at which point she immediately went out, lit up a cigar, uh, ate a steak, and I think drank a beer. I think that's what she said. Steak, cigar, Yeah, had beer. steak. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which order it came into. I'm not sure what came first, the cigar, the steak, or the beer. But she was very happy. I mean, maybe it hit was, the bong. I don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> probably, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? I just don't think Lori Lightfoot's a hit the bong type of person. Just don't think it'd be. Well, okay. it is legal, so, you know, it's fine. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh. There was nothing wrong with it when it was illegal, except that it was illegal. And that was what really was wrong with it. The fact that something that there was nothing wrong with was illegal was what's what was wrong with it. If you follow that. No. You got to smoke some reefer to follow yeah. that. Then yeah. you'll follow it. And then yeah. you'll go, oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so uh, I don't think Lori Lightfoot was smoking reefer. And I don't think Dave Kloatz was either. <laughs> In fact, I don't think Dr. D, we call him Dr. Doobie from time to time. I don't think he smokes reefer anymore. Who's smoking all this reefer? Take the deep dive on that and many other questions with Dave Glowatz. But before we do that, the young man from home, the man they call the doctor with the news. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Name's Dennis. Uh, ben, by the way, uh, I saved you some tiramisu uh, from Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did. I I, fig- I thought, boy, Ben would really like this. I saved you some. Uh, I put it in the freezer. I'm really going to miss celebrating my birthday with you, but I'll save you a piece of cake. I'll freeze it. <laughs> Froze it for you, you know? Oh, my God. I forgot that. How could I forget that? We had so much fun with that bit. Uh, that was the bit last week that we riffed on. Total improv, folks. I didn't even know. Uh, no, I think I did know you were going to play. Anyway, that was the one where the mayors got together from all around the Chicago, uh, uh, including Lori Lightfoot and some of the suburbs, uh, to talk about urge us. We'll get into this with the news. Urge us. Don't get together with your families. And so the, to, to really like get it, drive the message home, they staged these phone conversations. Obviously staged some of the worst acting I've ever seen, some of the worst actors I've ever seen pretending to have phone conversations with their loved ones. <laughs> Which was, that was the mayor from Highland Park, right? Yeah, Nancy was her bur- <laughs> Yeah, she's going to freeze the cake. I know. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about that. Pretty much everyone agrees. Just go buy a new cake. Get some Sara Lee. Get a Danish. Have an egg roll. Have two. And uh, very Chicago, a lot of Chicago Reader stuff going on today. Uh, as we mentioned, it is our first day on the Chicago Reader YouTube channel exclusively. Uh, moving forward, the Ben Jarofsky Show will be exclusively with the Chicago Reader. Shout out to the Chicago Reader for keeping the Ben Jarofsky Show alive. You are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, and also, it's the first Tuesday of the month. And that means it's a virtual first Tuesday with Ben Jarofsky and Maya Duke Masva. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes, and thank you for uh, remembering that. Maya gave me a lot of grief last night. There was a lot of baby boomer shaming going on last night, D, and that phone call from Maya to me. I just want to tell you that. Ben, you have to do more promotion of the first Tuesday. I got it. I'm getting in trouble with millennials left and right these days. Anyway, uh, do you know what the uh, if you want to uh, listen, it's going to be a great show tonight at 630. And um, 
Oh my God, Peter Cunningham uh, and Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez will be joining Maya and myself talk about where the Democratic Party is going, the rifts in the Democratic Party. This will be a really good one because Rosanna is uh, one of the leaders of the Socialist Caucus in the city council. She voted against mayor's budget. Uh, she is a leader of the defund the police movement here in the city of Chicago. And Peter P.C. Cunningham, he's on the show many times, is our our show's favorite centrist. Uh, he was a former speechwriter for uh, Mayor Daley, and uh, he worked for Arnie Duncan in Washington at the Department of Education. Uh, and he's sort of a bridge between the centrist crowd in the Democratic Party, as represented by the president-elect Joe Biden, and the lefties, uh, who... I may not even know if they're literally in the Democratic Party, some of them. You know what I mean? They have nowhere else to go but the Democratic Party. Uh, So he sort of plays a role, and it's a very thankless role, largely, to uh, try to keep the two sides together, try to find common ground. Uh, it's a tough challenge, man. So it'd be interesting, very interesting conversation where the Democrats are, uh, are going. Uh, what can they do to find commonality in that story? I read D I'll probably be talking about this tonight uh, with Peter uh, and Rosanna and Maya. And that story in the New York Times with Joe Manchin, they get into the fact that AOC, uh, who really represents at a national level what Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez represents here in Chicago, uh, has chided him uh, Manchin on Twitter uh, making fun of him for being too close to Donald Trump. And uh, so he has responded, Manchin has, by saying all she does is tweet. This is a, a favorite. God, I've been hearing this one forever. You know, in fact, many of my moderate friends came on the show, uh, D, and said this about our, our beloved Bernie Sanders, that all he does is talk, that he never any, introduced any legislation. What bills has he passed? And I'm like, like, what freaking bills has anybody passed that you would like? The only bills that you can get passed are bills that they really don't like. It, you know what I'm saying? It's like Chicago City. It's like criticizing a lefty in the Chicago City Council because he can't get Rahm Emanuel or Mayor Daley or now Lori Lightfoot to pass lefty legislation. Well, yeah, you're one of five. So it's like if you abandon all your principles, you can get stuff passed. Well, what's the point? I don't. It's kind of one strain of it. You know, it's, it's not like Bernie wasn't trying. How many bills has he passed? So Manchin's like, yeah, I don't know how many bills she's passed. I know she tweets a lot. I'm like, wait a minute. How many? What? Our president of the United States, the current president, is Mr. Tweet. What what bills has he passed? He just has executive orders and tweets. Democrats are not supposed to tweet anymore? Anyway, I'm going to try to be really neutral, D, on this one and let Peter and Rosanna have the debate. But, uh, you know, just want to point uh, out. You know, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Stay in neutral. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to really try. <laughs> hey, really? It's $5 to watch it live, okay? It's, uh, you know, a virtual hideout. What are we, monsters? We're not meeting in public. Come on, we're watching it virtually. Uh, first Tuesdays with Maya and Ben. Find them on Facebook. You can get all the information there. Uh, get your ticket for $5. Uh, no video to watch for free. Uh, that'll, later, that'll be posted later. So the video and everything, you get the video. Five bucks, you're really helping out the hideout as well. Uh, Go check out tonight's virtual first Tuesday, the future of the Democratic Party. Where do we go? I don't know. (laughs) Wait, here's the noonchorus.com backslash hideout. Maya yelled at me, D. Nice. She told me I have to read this. She goes, Ben! (laughs) I wish I had that tape to play it. 
noonchorus.com backslash hideout. N-O-O-N-C-H-O-R-U-S dot com, C-O-M, <laughs> backslash oh, nice. hideout. I can spell that for you, too. H-I-D-E-O-U-T. Guys, now you have literally no excuse, all right? Yeah. You have every reason to go check this out. It's going to be tonight, uh, and it's happening uh, at about 6.30, the, the, the typical time for a hideout show, right? Yeah, 6.30. And, guys, it's for the hideout. Come on, man. They've been battered. We've all been better. My beloved reader's been better. We'll be get into that in a little while. But the hideout has been closed since March. Uh, the hideout, I've got a special love for the hideout because they, you know, they put a lefty like me on stage with McDumkey. It was like a centrist and a lefty. We've been, I've been doing this for a while, D. Uh, and <laughs> you know, although McDumkey, boy, when he's, you should hear the uh, the real McDump. Okay. Look to the left of me. Right. Let's not hey, let's not let that cat out of the bag. Right. Let's not expose McDumpkey here. Oh, there it is. Yes, yes. You know we're on the right track when you get a good cat out of the bag at 24 minutes into the show. Uh, hey, let's give shout outs to people who have found us now on the YouTube or, or the Reader YouTube channel. Uh, shout out to Ro. Ro has found us on the live stream chat. Ro, what's up? Uh, Kyle. Kyle has found us, Ben. Well, I'm going to repeat absolutely everything I said before he got on so you can hear it. But I do it fast. There we go. That's kind of the. Once again, yeah, new YouTube channel, same old show. <laughs> Not a thing has changed. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. Uh, let's talk about this. We got someone uh, from the reader coming on as well. Colette is going to be joining us from the Chicago Reader. Uh, you know, it's a new thing we're doing here with the Chicago Reader. So we're going to be talking with Colette. Uh, she's going to be talking about what the reader's got going on here. Uh, so with the time we have, let's uh, Ro weighed in on the live stream chat. We got local news. We'll do that a little later on in the program. Uh, let's see here. Ro weighed in on the live stream chat. It's something that we... Honestly, I hope the story doesn't go away. I hope it stays around forever and ever. Well, I only has a few months left. But Roe says, I read that Rahm is Mayor Rahm, former Chicago mayor, Rahm Emanuel. She says, I read that Rahm is really, really pushing for that transportation job, and it could be announced today. Yeah. Uh, this, And by the way, that would be perfect for tonight's discussion at the hideout because Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez is the one who initiated that open letter. Uh, Bless her heart. Urging <laughs> urging uh, President-elect Joe Biden not, not, not to name Rahm as Transportation Secretary. Uh, and Peter Cunningham, as I said, is of more of the uh, moderate centrist persuasion. And I'm sure he will articulate a, a reason why Rahm would make a masterful uh, transportation secretary. Uh, and I will politely listen uh, to PC's uh, argument. Um, I do believe that I am urging uh, Joe Biden not to name Rom to this position. I will now D flip flop oh. and no. give. Hey, the, hey, hey, that's not the noise for flip flopping. Well, okay, but it's not really a, it's not really a whole flip flop. Let me just say this. I will now show you like Jim Cookin has always said to me, Ben, a lawyer should be able to articulate either side of a case. So you should be able, you could be a, a prosecutor, but to be a really great lawyer, you should put yourself in the mindset of a, a criminal defense lawyer. And that'll make you a better prosecutor. So you should be able to argue both sides. So now I'll argue it's not a complete flip-flop. I'm just going to argue the ROM side. 
Uh, Ram is a wheeler and dealer. Ram lives on the phone. Ram is a master promoter. Uh, Ram uh, loves to work with Republicans. Uh, Ram likes to get credit for building things. And so this is the kind of guy that you should have in charge of a program in which you're distributing money. So it's like you're passing out money. It's if you want to, let's say, let's say you want to win over a Republican senator whose vote is really important. A Republican senator like, oh, I'm just Susan Collins. So you get Rom on the phone. Hey, Susan, you want that bus line, that new bus line? Making this up as I go along in Brunswick. That's a city in Maine. I'm just making this, making this up as I go along. Well, here you go. By the way, we have this big vote coming up on uh, Dr. D being appointed as the head of the FDA. We could really use your support. Then he swears a few times. That, so that's like the best I could do. Like he's a wheeler dealer. Tr- Transportation is going to be huge because supposedly... Joe Biden is going to commit himself to the infrastructure work that Donald Trump said he was going to do. And they got kind of bored with oh, this is boring. I think I'll tweet. So, he, you know, there uh, Joe Manchin, heck of a job Donnie did on that transportation stuff. Huh? So supposedly Joe Biden will be uh, throwing out a lot of money, uh, stimulus money, and it'll be coming through the Department of Transportation. Rom, Oh, my God, D, he is so excited. Are you kidding? To have that much power and that have much control? Like, to have people have to come to him? Hey, just I don't begging think him? I don't think you're realizing it. And that much content on the Ben Jarofsky show? Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> A part of me hopes he gets it. Are you, well, you know, I have to say, there is that. There is, uh, there for is selfish that. reasons only, like, oh, my God, the things we can do with that on the Ben Jarofsky show. Oh. And, and I feel compelled to say this. Um, one of our listeners and one of our dearest friends in the Ben Jarofsky show who comes on from time to time, uh, young Kenneth Davis. <laughs> oh, that. OK. That, when you yeah, did that, yeah. now I remember. Ken, and Davis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ken Davis is a big fan of Rahm Emanuel as the transportation mayor. And he extols the virtue. Remember, he came on the show and he told me, Ben, I'm going to tell you right now, Rahm is the best transportation mayor we've ever had. Then we had an argument over it. And I don't think I convinced him. Uh, he definitely didn't convince me. Rom, he's the one. Rom came up with the flyover. Ken Davis loves the flyover. You know, D, every time it's been so long since I've been on a train, but we go past Belmont and they would see like the work being on the flyover. I think of Ken Davis. Because oh, he loves that. And Gloats, Gloats is another one who loves the fly, the flyover bed. Oh, it's gonna be so. Is that is that the Brown Line ride over I hear right now? Yeah, they're on. Hey, I think Rob's riding the train, getting ready to be transportation. He's getting a little work out there. He's driving the train today. So there are people who defend Rahm Emanuel uh, in Chicago. A gentleman, Mike Gold, a um, uh, wrote a column. Uh, defending Rom, saying Rom is an asshole, but he's a, a, a great asshole. <laughs> that was, I, I, that was the gist of it. I, I, um, I have a lot of problems with giving Rahm Emanuel that much control and power. I don't, I don't think he can handle it. I don't think he handled it when he was in Chicago. Uh, and, um, so I don't think it's wise to give him that much power. Uh, and the other, and the other point is I do believe there should be consequences for the, what he did with Laquan McDonald tape. He buried evidence of a police shooting. He buried it. He concealed it. He fought like hell to keep it from going public. 
And it was only a lawsuit filed by a reporter and a community activist, a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that went before a Cook County judge uh, that forced Rahm to release it. And so I just don't think you ignore something like that. I think there has to be consequences uh, for something like that. They just want to paper it over. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't apply to transportation. What, character doesn't matter? What, breaking the law doesn't matter? What, concealing evidence of a murder doesn't matter? I I don't know how you just walk away from something. Democrats are always calling on Republicans to have standards and do the right thing and and play by the rules and stuff. And so what, when your guy, because you think you want to be on his Rolodex or something, when you think you got your guy in there, doesn't matter what he did in the past. So now we're only, we're going to be like Republicans, huh? Is that how we're going to play the game? We're going to look the other way when our guys do something? So no, D, I, I don't think, I'm really hoping Joe Biden does not pick Rahm Emanuel. I got this feeling that he will pick Rahm Emanuel because <laughs> the stories keep coming out. I'm like, no, don't do it, Joey B. Don't do it, Joey B. He's in that basement down in Delaware with his broken foot. You hear that, D? He broke uh-huh, his foot uh-huh. with the dog. Who breaks their foot with a dog? I've had dogs my whole life. <laughs> Feel it for you, Joey B. Well, don't do it. Regardless don't. of what. Do it. Regardless of what happens, we're going to be keeping you updated here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, you know, we were talking about flyover. Ben, what do you say we fly over to uh, the guest we have right now, huh? Can I just say something? <laughs> Colette Willard, you're our next guest. If you heard that, you would know that this man went to radio school because that's a master transition. Uh, and that brings us uh, to Colette Willard. Colette gave me a call last week. It's a miracle, Colette. I remembered it because in between your phone call and our show today, I ate a lot of turkey. Uh, but Colette is director of development, my beloved Chicago reader, and she wants to tell us all about what's going on in the reader with the telethon. Is that correct, Colette? That's right. And before I say anything about that, I have to say that dog story with his broken foot, that's a cover up. Something else happened. Come on. Who breaks their foot with a dog? Colette Willard getting to the bottom of things. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I remember you pushed that on the dog, man. Come on. That's not fair. Just because <laughs> yeah, he's a rescue dog. That's mean. Was it a rescue dog? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. What kind of First dog rescue Joe dog in the White House. How did I not know that? What kind of dog is it? Do you know? Well, I don't know. My mother-in-law told me this, so maybe it's a lie. Who knows? Mother-in-law, Colette. I'm sure she's a good source. All right, Colette, give us the scoop on the reader, everything we need to know about the telethon going on at the reader. Go ahead. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, this is our second annual, parentheses, virtual telethon uh so this is live on facebook every day this week from noon to one it's also on the chicago reader website chicagoreader.com slash telethon uh from noon to one if you donate during that hour you are entered to win a brand spanking new designed reader tote bag and a reader reporter's notebook so you can feel just like ben when you're taking notes for your grocery shopping uh and if you donate $100 or more during from noon to one all this week will give you a tote bag, no questions asked. Um, 
Each day we're having hosts from reader staff. So today we just had uh, Tracy Bain, publisher of the Chicago Reader, and Yasmin Dominguez, uh, coordinator of the Chicago Independent Media Alliance, in conversation about their kind of paths through journalism and what the future of Chicago media looks like in their eyes. Um, tomorrow we're having a conversation between Amy Matheny and Carrie Reed about all things Chicago Reader. They have a slate of guests lined up. I don't even know if we'll be able to get them all in in the hour, but it's going to be great. Uh, and we're just really excited to introduce you all to who we are, especially now that we're a nonprofit organization certified stamped by the IRS. So uh, donations, that means they're tax deductible. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Tax deductible. Um we're working on getting those letters out to folks. We wanted to make sure people could make tax deductible donations uh, before the end of the year. Uh, so all donations can be made at chicagoreader.com slash donate. So the reality is, and we've talked about this many times, Colette, with Tracy Bame on the show, with Maya on the show, uh, the reality is that the reader was hit very hard by the pandemic. Uh, many of the um, businesses that uh, advertise in the reader, the reader's always survived on advertising. Reader's always been free, <clears throat> excuse me. And so many of the businesses that advertise in the reader uh, closed as a result of the pandemic or uh, really right. saw their businesses fall. Talking about restaurants, nightclubs and music venues, et cetera, and so forth, bars uh, like the hideout. And uh, so as a result, we have less money coming in. We have to change our whole outlook, our whole view. People of the uh, staffers have been furloughed. People have taken pay cuts. A big commitment on the part of reader staffers to keep the publication going. A very important voice in Chicago, my humble opinion, alternative newspaper, uh, tends to look at things from the left and I believe that voice is needed uh, and that viewpoint uh, is needed uh, for Chicago. We shouldn't, you know, it's easy for Chicago to have like that herd mentality. It's just good to have an alternative paper that thinks things a little differently, goes into a little different direction. That's my pitch, uh, Colette Willer. What do you think? What, what, what's the uh, importance of the reader uh, in the city of Chicago, in your humble opinion? I absolutely agree. I think, you know, we are the first stop on a lot of people's careers uh, in positive and negative ways. I think, you know, we, we, we've broken stories that have changed, that have led to policy changes. We have started, you know, music musicians off on their careers. We've been the first to review. Um, we are the voice of alternative Chicago and we really believe in getting that authentic voice of the city we live in out to the people for free. I think something that kind of gets lost sometimes is the Chicago reader was the first free alternative weekly ever, uh, in the United States. So that's a pretty amazing thing. And we're still free. We're not, we're not trying to charge for our content. Uh, but it does mean we need our community to support us because if we want to remain independent, we need you. All right, Colette Willard. So before we let you go, give folks uh, the information if they want to contribute money to help the reader stay afloat. One more time. Give us that info. Please donate at chicagoreader.com slash donate. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. All right. Thank you very much, Colette Willard. Uh, in addition to being the development director uh, for the Chicago Reader, she is also uh, in charge of reporting on dogs uh, for the Ben Jarowski show. She was the one who broke the news that uh, Joe Biden had a, a rescue dog. Did not know that, D. And I needed Colette to help me out. I'm that. with her on that. I think there's more to this ankle breaking thing. A dog, come on. Uh, hey, I think. <laughs> 
Um, I feel what she's saying. I feel what she's saying. I, I you know, I have to I hate to say that I felt the same thing from the get go. I'm like, oh, really? Whoever, I've been walking dogs my whole life. How you bring? How you gonna hurt your ankle walking a dog? All right, uh, let's get dog gig going on the live stream chat, guys. What do you think, huh? BS or do you think this is a real deal? Let us know on the live stream chat. Uh, yeah, so thanks to Colette there. That was awesome. Uh, ben, what do you say? Uh, we take a quick break. I'll play some Michael Girardi, and then after that, we'll do the local news. That sounds great, man. Really? Yeah, sounds absolutely awesome. I love that idea. You like my idea, really? Yeah, yeah, I like your idea. You're filled with good ideas. Oh, wow. That's why we pay you all the money we do. All right? You're the idea, man. Cool. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois lately. Uh, we begin in Illinois, and we begin with the Illinois governor. Springtime. Love it. It's winter, but whatever. <laughs> 
Today, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker will be delivering his 2.30 COVID-19 update. He's already done it. It's 3 o'clock, all right? It was at the Thompson Center. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's program, all right? But hey, here's a quick update on Monday's press briefing. If you're hoping for some looser restrictions and pandemic mitigations in Illinois, well, keep dreaming, because after his talk (laughs) with the most famous infectious disease expert in America, yeah, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Governor Pritzker says Tier 3 three restrictions will remain in place in anticipation of a possible Thanksgiving surge. Isn't that right, Governor? We are still very much in a precarious place, and we have got to take the time to evaluate any Thanksgiving effect before we make any premature adjustments. But there's been a recent dip in numbers, though, right? I mean, what's about all that? The dip in (laughs) Illinois' cases Ah, over the last few days comes as we are seeing near record high numbers of hospitalizations, meaning that our ability to handle any new surge in COVID patients is still limited. If we are not especially careful right now, the surge will overwhelm our state's healthcare system. Interesting. Pritzker also said about his talk with Fauci, quote, I spoke with Dr. Fauci this morning to get his input about Illinois' situation. He said the massive numbers of indoor gatherings by people visiting family and friends across the nation will very likely bring a post-Thanksgiving surge, and he believes this is no time to pull back on mitigations. In other statewide news... State uh, statewide news also involving COVID-19. Democratic Hillside State Rep and former guest on the Ben Jarofsky show, Emmanuel Chris Welch, has tested positive for COVID-19. For those who didn't know, Welch is also the chair of the special state house investigative committee looking into Speaker Michael Madigan's dealings with ComEd. You remember, guys, it was our fall time Illinois conservative political theater piece, Madigan Bad. Uh, Let's see here. Welch told the Sun-Times he started to feel symptoms Wednesday and felt something new, quote, each day thereafter. And he was tested Saturday afternoon. His family has tested negative. But, quote, we definitely traced the source to a family member in our circle who tested positive earlier in the week. All right, Ben Jarofsky, it's time for us to put our tinfoil hats on here. Uh, While it may be absurd or, quite frankly, in poor taste to speculate, I feel like we have to because, well, you know, the Illinois conservatives are going to do it. Probably already have by now, so let's nip this in the bud right now and uh, get it over with here. I have one quick question to ask you about this, uh, but uh, I can't ask. We can't put on our tinfoil hats and ask a question without uh, playing a certain song. You know what I mean? Sorry, I had all those Alderman clips uh, loaded up for Dave Glowatz. Good lord, there was like fifty of them. Yeah, I know. All the Aldermen. <laughs> He really brought it today, uh, Dave Gods. I think I know the song you're going to play. Uh, let's hear from every single alderman uh, on the city council. <laughs> All right, here's this one. The janitor of the city council. Oh, yeah, I've been wiping these floors. That's very interesting. All right, we have, uh, we have it here. Here we go. Let's speculate. There you go. <laughs> now, Ben, this news from Welch does come just days after Welch set a date for the Madigan investigative stupid trial thing to start up again. And while I did just call it stupid, the trial seemed to be pretty effective when the election came around. So, Ben, I got to ask you, is this all a ruse to stall the Madigan is bad trial? No. Sorry. First of all, the Democrats dug up this email 
then mentioned Jim Durkin, the House Republican leader, in, re- in regards to Commonwealth Edison. So before I get to that, let me say this. No, Dr. D, as much as I want to wear my tinfoil hat and believe whatever Alex Jones tells me, oh, I got the documents. I do not believe uh, that this is a ruse. I believe uh, that Chris Welch actually has COVID. Uh, furthermore, um, I, uh, I don't believe that there will be anything emerging from those hearings uh, any more detrimental to Michael Joseph Madigan than have already been revealed. And here's the reality. Um, Michael Joseph Madigan was the beneficiary, whether he realized it or not. He wants you to think that he didn't realize it. I don't think anybody believes that of the largesse and generosity, I have that in quotes, of Commonwealth Edison, who gave out jobs and contracts uh, to uh, Michael Madigan's uh, associates. And they've got the, the feds have prosecuted. Uh, Commonwealth Edison has uh, confessed, admitted to bribing, attempting to bribe in exchange for legislation that had been very, very favorable to Commonwealth Edison. And I'll say this once, I'll say it twice, I'll say it again and again and again. They didn't need to quote unquote bribe Michael Madigan to get their legislation passed. They would have gotten it passed. So they, that's just business as usual in the state of Illinois where you curry favor for powerful people, just, just to curry the favor, just to have them there, just so that you're, you're on their Rolodex. That's just how it goes. It's the same reason powerful Republican landlords in the loop hire Michael Madigan's property tax appeal business or hire Ed Burke's property tax appeal business or hire John Cullerton's. They're just currying favor. And um, is the le- in retrospect, should the legislation have passed? No. That Commonwealth Edison, would, did they exaggerate the amount of money they needed in order to soak more money from the consumers of Illinois? Yes. But that that legislation was adopted with Republican votes as well. So the central argument that they had to bribe Michael Madigan in order to get that legislation passed is a fallacy. I would love to have a hearing. If you want to have a hearing, here's a hearing, which will never happen. Let's have a hearing into whether they needed that uh, legislation in the first place, whether they needed us to pay more money to Commonwealth Edison in the front. How about having a hearing on that? I'm still waiting for the hearing of the Chicago City Council, by the way, speaking of hearings that will never occur, uh, as to what popcorn gate was about in Bobby Rush's office. I'm always, I always want to get to the bottom of things. So I would love to have an investigation into the legislation that supposedly uh, was passed by bribing Madigan to see if Commonwealth Edison uh, deserved to have those rate hikes, uh, whether we're paying too much, maybe we, we should get a refund. Maybe the Republicans and the Democrats who voted for it should all apologize for having voted for it. But I doubt that's what we're going to get, D. Instead, what we're going to get is an attempt by the Republicans in the state of Illinois to do what's been very successful for them all, all for the last, I don't know, year or so, ever since Bushrunner left. And that is to vilify uh, Michael Mad- Madigan to undercut Democratic uh, campaigns, to undercut initiatives like the fair tax. It's a very successful tool. They will continue to use it until Michael Madigan either uh, steps down or is replaced. And that's reality. So I don't believe 
that um, Welsh, I don't know, he'd have to have some other illness after COVID to, to just keep dragging this thing out. I do not believe in that conspiracy theory. I believe that he actually has it. And so I want to give my, uh, uh, I want to say, Chris Welch, I hope you get better. I'm sending out good vibrations uh, and because COVID is no joke. But, D, I do not believe in that conspiracy theory. But I would love to see a hearing uh, into whether Commonwealth Edison warranted that rate hike it got. All right. And be on the lookout, everybody, for a scathing press release from Illinois conservatives calling Chris Welch a liar. More than likely. I mean, that's kind of how this goes. All right. And finally, more Madigan news. And in case you were wondering... Yes, there's still a giant bus parked outside waiting to roll over our Democratic Illinois speaker, Michael Joseph Madigan. (laughs) At the moment, we have 18 House Democrats on board, as well as Senators Tammy Duckworth and Dickie D. Dick Durbin and Governor J.B. Pritzker. Uh, A Madigan re-election doesn't look like such a slam dunk this time around, does it, Penn? Uh, why? No, it's not a slam dunk. That's for certain. It's, it's been slam, slam dunks dunk. before, yeah. but not yeah. not so much here. A nice yeah. little uh, layup. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look, I, I've spent a lot of time over last, not this weekend, but the weekend before uh, going through. God, D, it seems like my life moves in bizarre phases. Two weekends ago, I was obsessed with the General Assembly and Michael Joseph Madigan. This weekend, I was obsessed with the city council and why different aldermen voted with the way they did. Uh, these deep dives I keep taking into these local issues, getting deeper and deeper. Uh, but uh, the, here's the deal with Madigan. He needs, follow me on this, folks, uh, he needs a majority of the Democratic caucus members to be their nominee to go before the full House and uh, be elected um, speaker. No Republican will vote for him. We all know that. So he is, the pressure will be on those 18 House members, the Will Cazardis of the world, uh, your favorite state rep, D, um, to stand their ground in the face of this high-profile showdown where Michael Madigan advances uh, his name to be reelected as speaker, uh, and the Republicans all say no. And so then what? What, what the, were the Will Gazzardis of the world going to do at that point? It's either Madigan or nobody. You got to stay with your party or you got to abandon your party. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if Madigan will force that issue, but the fact that he doesn't have the majority that he needs now does that does not mean he won't get it in the future. You know what I'm saying, D? It there could be flip flops on the horizon. You know, I've been known to flip flop a little bit on that. You no, no, never, <laughs> never. So, and I've had this conversation with so many people. Man, they can't flip flop. Some people will run against them. Uh, they've said it clearly. There's no way. Uh, I, you know, Madigan's a stubborn guy. He may force the issue. So that's why I keep, I'm looking for some wiser person in the Democratic Party who can take Michael Madigan, you know, uh, to the side and say, Mike, we've been friends forever. But the time has come for the good of the party and the good of the state for you to step down and let somebody else do the job. I'm hoping for that, D, but they're all you know, under that table. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like finding some guy to do that is trying to find a Republican who'll stand up to Trump. 
Yeah, there's never so flip. I think he's going to force that issue, D. Never really flip flopping on the on the uh, flip your flops show. Never, never flip flopping. Uh, <laughs> but we have more bad news for Madigan. We now have our 19th House Democrat patiently mm-hmm. waiting outside, ready to jump on this bus to figuratively, to figuratively roll over Madigan. By the way, hold on, Gazzardi, stop it. Vidmo him. Just Vidmo him, and you're even, okay? <laughs> Kind of Gazzardi on the bus here placing bets, Venmoing people. Just Venmo like, him and you're done. He's a millennial. <laughs> That's what they do. Good right? Lord, he loves Venmoing people. Uh, but we have our 19th House Democrat to welcome here. Uh, they've been waiting patiently outside here. So, Ben, please get there's the door. Watch your feet. All right, let's welcome on board 77th District Democratic State Rep out of DuPage, Kathleen Willis. Yeah, you don't have to be famous to get on this bus. Get on in here, Kathleen. All right, we have a press release from Kathleen Willis. Uh, The press release reads here, uh, Dear sir or madam, after a lot of thought and discussion with my family, I have come to the decision to let it be known that I will not be voting for Michael J. Madigan as Speaker for the 102nd General Assembly. As the House Democratic Caucus Chair, this decision was not made lightly. Oh, I bet it wasn't. Uh, She says here, I feel strongly that our caucus has a lot of hard work to accomplish in the upcoming legislative session and we need to put the distraction that has been created by representative madigan behind us and move forward in mending the state of illinois yeah well, that's a significant one uh, caucus uh, high-ranking caucus member again i'm a little surprised it took her this long she's from dupage michael joseph madigan is not popular in dupage and uh oh frank i gotta give you a shout out frank sent me a, a, a text uh, over the a Thanksgiving holiday that sort of highlighted the point I was making. It showed uh, uh, Dick Durbin's the base of vote that Durbin got uh, in his reelection campaign, Senator Dick Durbin, and he's more and more become dependent on Chicago and Cook County uh, and even DuPage County as his downstate vote has dwindled. He's originally from downstate. Uh, Illinois. So that used to be his base. And the reality is that the downstate has become very hostile to Democrats. Our good friend Bob Diber lost when he ran for Madison County uh, president of the county board. Uh, the fair tax got swamped downstate. Uh, Justice Kilbride got swamped uh, when he re- in his retention battle. Democrats, whether you want to realize this or not, Michael Madigan uh, is reviled in most areas of the state of Illinois, outside of Cook in, in, in Chicago. And, uh, and so the longer you stay with him, the more detrimental it will be to the Democratic Party. And I warn you, Illinois could go red. And so somebody from DuPage County, that's a, that's a district where Madigan is unpopular. Is it fair? No. They had heavy-handed machine Republicans from DuPage County, Lee Daniels, and Pate Phillips, it's Henry Hyde, etc. It's not fair. But Republicans don't play it fair. And Madigan is not willing to come out and defend himself forcefully doing that Wizard of Oz thing where he hides in the cave. It's not cutting it anymore. So the reality is that Democrats, the longer they stay loyal to Madigan, the more they jeopardize their chances to keep Illinois blue. That's just a fact. And so I'm surprised it took uh, Willis that long, uh, D, to issue that statement uh, because she's from DuPage County. But it seems to be a pretty obvious position that someone from DuPage or Lake or even suburban Cook County 
uh, would take. So there you are, Kathleen Willis. Welcome on the bus. And uh, that is the latest local news going on here. Remember, uh, you can find previous Ben Jarofsky, that damn brown line. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J. Bonus interviews and so much more at the Chicago Reader website, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. And wherever else you download your favorite podcasts, we're now on the Reader YouTube channel. Same time, same days, Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Central time. Uh, so tell your friends and uh let's see we got a lot of people we would like to welcome back uh michael girardi he has found our new youtube uh channel here also viren db has found us uh we got a new guy brian on here what's going on brian jay marie jay marie is in the building she has found uh, yep she has found uh the youtube channel go tell your friends this is our new home now uh we look forward to talking with you all tomorrow